Hello and welcome to episode nine of Gone Off on a Tangent. Now, nine, and if you're aware of this, in German means no, as in no, you can't start a Super League, you bunch of massive bellends. That's what it stands for this week. So just a little prelude to the theme there. Uh, let's dive straight into this episode with an advert. Unfortunately, we're not in the studio, but we are still sponsored by Active Arena, who will host us when we commence podcast recording in said studio. Lincoln's first indoor football venue, four purpose-built state-of-the-art pitches for multi-purpose use, a sports bar offering food and drink from 9am to 10pm. Five-a-side leagues are back on 17th of May, so get yourself registered. As I say, it's Active Arena Lincoln. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, if you just Google it, they've got a handy website as well. Uh, there's been a mass refurb down at the centre and it looks fantastic. I took my uh, daughter on Sunday to her first mini kick kicks session and it was fantastic. So yeah, support the Active Arena. You need some details, I hear you ask. Well, here's Dan Taylor. So you can get hold of them on email at info at activearena.co.uk. Uh, give them a call on 01522 701 715. And they're obviously on all of the social medias, branding absolutely everything that they do. And they've got a new beer garden, which will obviously be open in May for us to go and enjoy um, a pint in the sun, hopefully, after we've recorded. So as I said a minute ago, welcome to episode nine. I am joined by one man who once managed Burnley in an FA Cup third round tie against his beloved Lincoln. That's Dan Taylor. Good evening. And another man that if you would like to have sex with, his number is all over the toilets, in the female toilets all over Lincoln. So just look for Carl Stubbs, um, nasty shag, and that's him. And it is his number because he's written them all. And that's Carl Stubbs. Absolutely brilliant. Hello there. I'm Adam Stocks, who will host this shambles. Right, there's only one story in town, boys. And luckily, we're recording this after the Lord Mayor's show. There's one story in town. That is, these vile, greedy, money-grabbing bastards have tried to save our game. Now, I just cannot believe the backlash to this brilliant idea of this Super League. I was fully on board from minute one. I, do, I cannot believe that football fans have got in the way of this brilliant idea to, uh, to quote Perez, to save the game of football. All they were trying to do was save the game. Trickle down some money, save the women's game, put loads of meaningless games on every other week for us to apparently enjoy. I cannot believe the backlash. Gary Neville can go fuck himself. Jamie Carragher can go fuck himself. All the football fan base, you've ruined it for all of us. You've ruined it. Well done. I hope you're happy. Now, obviously, that's not true. They're a bunch of spineless, spineless rats. And I'm so happy we can say tonight that it's failed. And it's failed miserably. We'll dive into the details in a minute. Just your initial reaction, boys. It's just well, tonight, spirally mentally out of control, isn't it? I, yeah. just, like, I remember I was like having a... Obviously, we were chatting and stuff about bits and bobs on the WhatsApp group last night. I go to bed and then it properly blows up. Like, I wake up this morning and it's like, everybody's done. It's like basically a done deal. Everything's happening. And then I get back home from work tonight and everybody's like pulled out again. It's like, it's gone from naught to 100, back down to zero again. I was waiting for the announcement at 9.30 
and I was waiting for the announcement. They're still waiting for the announcement at 10.30. Then the announcement came, I think, around 11.30, jumped straight on the WhatsApp group, and DT was still up and about. So we were having a nice debate about it. I then jumped on YouTube and watched some fan channels just to get some initial reaction. And I've, I've got to be honest, this has only failed because of fans and because of the fan reaction and the vitriol that luckily has been sent their way. The T-shirts in the Leeds game and the Brighton game tonight, the fans outside the stadium at Ellen Road, the fans outside Stamford Bridge, not even letting the bus in. This is our game and that message should have got through tonight and I think it has gone through. There's rumours that Agnelli's gone. There's rumours, well not rumours, Woodward has gone. So to any Man United fan listening to this, I fucking hate you, but at least you'll be a proper football club again soon. Unlikely to be honest, they'll they'll get if if the Glazers go as well, they'll have got everything they ever wanted from all of this, I think. But like you say, on Sunday night we were talking late into the night. I got into a bit of a Twitter hole as well as in the early hours and just couldn't fucking I, I, I couldn't stop scrolling and going through. I, I, I think Stubbs, you said it on the WhatsApp group. It was it was that feeling of like we got when that first lockdown was announced like that feeling of this isn't happening like this isn't this can't be happening but it it was like it's it, this has been like idly threatened <clears throat> a couple of times in the in the in the past used as leverage to get better deals in the in the champions league but this time it was it was a lot more serious it was different they were withdrawing themselves from the ECA they were stepping back and withdrawing their 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 involvement in European competition as it is known to us now, it it, it is honestly, I mean, the, the proposal is just like the the pure epitome of greed. Like, and, and, you know, football, it, it should never, ever be anything other than for the fans, you know. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm not against, like Gary Neville said it as well, like I'm, I'm not against money in football, you know, we just we know that there's more money in, in certain with certain clubs because of you know various investors and things like that. But there, there is a, there's a pyramid for a reason. If you take if you take the, the those six out of it, you just you avoid all kind of competition. Like it's there's so much there's so much to talk about which we're gonna go which we're gonna go through. But fuck me, I'm I so pleased it's fallen flat on its face. I just want to say that football this isn't new to football so when football existed it was obviously an amateur game it was played by sort of toffs at Eton and that sort of thing and then and then the north and, and, and to be fair to Scotland they, they were leading the way with this their style of play but then the north got involved and started to pay players at the mills so the the rich mill owner could like Blackburn's a very good example he, he bought the players from Darwin because he had a bigger mill than the guy at Darwin so this isn't new. This isn't new to football that, that money's come in. You can fast forward a long, long way to, to Blackburn Rovers and what he did in a very similar vein, actually, at Blackburn. Very rich man. And he obviously bought the best players, Alan Shearer, etc. And let's be honest, bought the league. You then fast forward again to Abramovich with Chelsea. Uh, obviously, 1992 happened, which was a breakaway league with the Premier League. But the one thing that's that one thing that this strain all has in common is it's always competitive. You can go up, you can go down, you can win the league. There's rich, there's poor, but you go up, you go down. Anyone can win anything at any time, always. And that is what this took away. And we won't stand for it. And football won't stand for it. You have to be able to lose and win 
with consequences. There has to be consequences or it's not sport anymore. It's just entertainment. Now, everyone on this podcast knows I love the NFL and they wanted the American model. I don't watch the NFL for relegations. I watch it because I enjoy the sport. But don't you dare try and bring that model into England. It won't work and you can't have it. It's as simple as that. America's a different story. It's a different market. It's a different way of life completely when it comes to their sports. So what they did was not, was so ballsy and outrageous. I'm, I'm glad it was met with equal vitriol from us and vigour from us as a fan base. We're not having but there's, it. There, but there's a reason it was released at the time it was. You know, it wasn't for the English market. They knew they were hoping that after, you know, that we would would all be in bed and miss it till the morning and and somehow, you know, just the wool would be pulled over our eyes. But there was no chance that was ever going to happen. You could release it at any time of day. But it was was for the American and Chinese markets that they'd done that for. It was bubbling up all day, mate, wasn't it? Um, It was bubbling up. Yeah. Bubbling up through the press all all, all day. I mean, the... the... I'm conscious that I'm talking too much, apologies, but it really did upset me and rile me up. And uh, that analogy that Stubbsy used on our WhatsApp group, by the way, was at, it's the best analogy I've seen anyone make. Yeah, but it, it felt was like so It was absolutely bang on. So, well, awesome, Stubbsy. Thank you. No, you Thank welcome. you very much. I mean, where credit's due, mate, you absolutely nailed the mood, if I'm honest. Um, the, 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 the one th- I've tried to look at this from all angles. I've tried to, I was doing research for the pod and, and just as a football fan, I've tried to dig in. So, the, the one thing, the one thing that I will say for the for the twelve, more so the six, because obviously they're English, is I understand some of their frustrations. I understand that they're talking and people aren't listening at UEFA, at FIFA, at, even at Premier League level. They're saying things and they want things, which obviously I, I can't stomach what they want, but I understand it. They they want less games. Well, the new Swiss model Champions League doesn't give them less games. It gives them more games. They want more money. They want more share of the pot. They want more of a say. Now, I understand all that because you're big teams. But don't invite Spurs into it then and Arsenal into it because you just look silly. If you're Man United, and I hate Man United, but I can't argue with the size of the club. Liverpool, recent success in the tournament. Inter, AC, Juve, Real Madrid, Barcelona. They're all absolutely, and this isn't a dig at Spurs, by the way, for any Spurs fans listening, or Arsenal, but boys, you've been irrelevant for a long, long time. And one of you sits one place above my club, who's newly promoted. So the only reason you're there is because you're in London, you've got a big stadium. So the, the way I look at it is, I understand what they need, but there had to be a better way of dialogue. They've been working on this since 2014. It was murky since 2014, and it's disgusting. And they, they, they thought they could get their way, but... Get back around the table, get your dialogue going, because you've not come out of this well and you've played your best hand. You played it and it failed. You put your chips all into the middle of this table and it, you, the hand didn't win. The hand did not win. We had we had a pair of aces. It didn't win. So the way I look at it is it will get reformed. They will look at it, I'm sure. And I'm sure there's a way, but... My God, you've made a mistake here, boys. You wait till there's crowds back in next season. And, and I'll just say this before I let Stubbsy in. I'll just say this. I honestly feel so sorry for the fans of these clubs. You've been shat on from a very, very great height. I literally had messages from friends of mine who, are, who support these clubs almost in tears about what their clubs have become. And that, that should just never happen from a, from a boardroom. It's sad, isn't it, really? More than anything that uh, 
Um, the owner, like you think what you want about any of these football clubs, and I'm not a massive fan of Premier League football for a start, but that people have grown up supporting these big clubs and they literally, the owners could not give less of a shit about any of the fans or any of their opinions. And that's just awful, isn't it? Like these are clubs that rely on these fans' incomes by such big levels and they've just treated them with just such, like so much disregard. It's not funny. Um, the thing that was like infuriating for me more than anything was like a Champions League night is a special night. I mean, I don't really follow anyone in any of that football. So it's all very much from a neutral perspective. But I remember like back in, I don't want to say a year because I don't really remember it, but uh, back in, it was like when Spurs were playing into Milan and you saw Gareth Bale like destroying into Milan. I, I could not care less what Spurs do. I really couldn't, but I genuinely loved watching that. And the fact I was getting to see Gareth Bale ripping apart a brilliant Inter Milan defence, it was just brilliant. And I, that shouldn't be a regular thing. Like, that's something that you should look forward to once in a blue moon. Like, when the last 16 comes out, you then buzz and see who the big two, who like which big teams are going to play who. You don't want to see that every week. I certainly don't want to see it that every week. Like, the element of, oh, absolutely class, Barca, like we've drawn, drawn Barcelona again, or like when you hear teams saying that, like that's what you want, isn't it? Uh, it's mental. If you had chocolate for three, course, three courses a day, if you had chocolate for three courses a day, you'd be pretty sick on chocolate by the end of it. And that's what this is. It's a diet of football chocolate. But you don't... <laughs> you, you don't want it, mate. It. I, I, lis- I listened to Ian Wright and he said... Ian Wright, In his career, he played AC Milan twice and he said they are two of his fondest memories in his entire football career. And he played them twice because of how European football... It was, it was, a, it was a, a, an aim and a goal to reach European you know, European finals. And he he played against them twice and they were two of his biggest um, highlights, he said, of his career. You don't want to be playing, you know, and now you're talking about that fixture being every four weeks on repeat, year after year. Get fucked. Let's, let's also not lose sight of what this is about. And I, I was following Perez's interview last night that he gave to Spanish TV. And he's, he's still, honestly, at the time of this recording, he's still chirping now, saying that it's still going to go ahead. That was laughable. It's on, it's on fire behind you, mate. Dog, it's mate. fine. It looks, I'm sure it looks absolutely fine from where you're sitting, but you're fucked. It's gone. Let's not lose sight of what this is. This is post-COVID. They should never point the finger at this pandemic for, for their debt. Their debt is greed and paying, paying the players too much money. You've got Gareth Bale sat on, was it 500 grand a week to go and play golf? So... Our friends at Talking Shut podcast tweeted a really good graphic earlier that's caught uh, the attention of Twitter and our owner actually retweeted it, which I know has um, blown up their Twitter. And they just described it as the debt league with the same graphic. Atletico, 804 million. Barcelona, 1.3 billion debt. Real Madrid, 651 million. Arsenal, 405 million. Chelsea, 224. Liverpool, 386. Man City, 202. Man United, 771. Growing. Tottenham, 1.17 billion. Inter Milan, 757 million. Juventus, 752 million. Milan, 
1.247 million. This is a debt league. This was a quick, quick book making exercise to clear them debts with a 300 million pot each for the every year for the foreseeable future. And then, and then the cheek to say, oh, we still want to play in the league though, lads. Oh, because it's not already big enough, the gap, is it? Um, it's not already wide enough when we play you and you've got De Bruyne just sat on the bench. Yeah, you lost, but it's irrelevant. It's the, so the gap isn't already big enough now. So it's not already big enough. You still want to guarantee. Oh, and also none of us can qualify for this. So we can't play. So we can't actually better our clubs. Right. I waited 16 years to be in this fucking top flight. 16 fucking years. But like the thing that I don't want to lose sight of either is like there's nothing better than seeing well for me is like seeing your Man City's your Chelsea's and your all of them getting beat by West Brom like I enjoy turning on uh, my uh, score live or whatever it is to see that Chelsea have just been beaten by West Brom at home like why would I want to lose that I just don't Absolutely, Stubbsy. Absolutely. The, the, the other thing that isn't lost on me, and I thought about you, and it broke, Stubbsy. Actually, you're the you're the one of the only one of the sorry, you're one of the most vocal people I know. Actually, that's genuinely, genuinely had enough of football. I don't know if that's at a Lincoln level, buddy, or if that's just a top flight level. But I know no, you're it's all football. I know just you're exhausted it. by it, and you've had enough. And yeah. I would say this may be the final nail in the coffin for a lot of people. It may change next year when fans are back and all that sort of stuff. But you've been very, even on this podcast, you've been very vocal about how you kind of had enough. I mean, how, how from, from that angle, how did this affect your mood with it? It basically just summarised everything for me, why I hate it. Like, you genuinely could not, it, it, you could not have made it any clearer, not clearer, but the reasons I hate the game have just been summarised with everything they've just suggested. I just... Like there's football's not football anymore to me. It's just not. It's not the game that I fell in love with as a kid. It's nothing like it. There's money's just like I don't want to go down the money avenue because money's key for it, for everything. But it's just it's not it's not football. I don't know how to explain it, but it's not football anymore. It's just not. You're not like I used to love big tackles flying in. I used to love. Um, Argy bargy and like just really comp- competitive football, and that competitive edge to me is completely gone. It says on the toilet wall that you like big tackles as well. It just says that just <laughs> underneath. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get a joke. He wrote, he wrote that as well. Yeah. <laughs> cool Stubbsy for a big tackle. Yeah, classic. Completely. I mean, before this, before this um, erupted. And, it, and, it, and I was doing all my show prep last week. I, I was doing a because we, we've obviously done a podcast on this when it was first um, and well, first talked about when, in the papers uh, or ages ago. We talked about it, hence where goat, but what the goat comes from. But I was doing a little comparison between the Super League idea and what that means and what the pot is versus the Swiss model. So we we know that uh, from from various sources that. Agnelli, who's obviously the Juventus, or, or was, he might, might still be in his position, he, he, he was back-channeling and working really hard for, e, for the ECA. He was working really hard to get this Swiss model over the line, all while spinning this other plate and signing documents and bringing, bringing JP Morgan in for this big money spin idea. He was still spinning it until he turned his phone off just before the announcement and went, no. 
And then Ed Woodward, who now no longer works for United or won't do that in the summer, he was a, he was a disgrace of a man. He should be anywhere near the, uh, this beautiful game. He was saying up until Friday, yeah, really looking forward to the new Champions League launch. You've got my full backing, not a problem. Again, while spinning this plate of this, this money spinner, and then they announced it. And then what it allowed me to do was to go and look at the Swiss model, which nobody's talking about for obvious reasons. The Swiss model is equally a disgrace for football fans. It's equally as ill thought out and it's typical of UEFA. So let's not put UEFA on, on a pedestal. Let's, let's not push them up. They're, they're equally as shit as this terrible idea. For anyone who doesn't know, the Swiss model would extend it. They'd be, I'm not going to go into it in detail, but it extends it by a load of the teams. But what it does is it shuts the trap door because it means if West Ham finish in fourth, but Liverpool finish seventh, they would get the fourth spot due to the UEFA coefficient. So they would get fourth anyway, and West Ham would be bumped up into the Europa League. Or even worse, God forbid, the Confederations League, that abomination they've come up with. So the whole of this needs looking at, and the whole of it needs reform. And we, somehow we need to take the game back. I don't know fucking how we do that or what it even means, but we need to take the game back because there needs to be no, no closed doors to success for any club in this country. You boys support Lincoln City. The whole dream of football is one day you're playing the Premier League. That's football. The dream is then, once you've got to the Premier League, that you may be playing Europe. Now, it might never exist. It might never happen in your lifetime. We spent, we, I spent a fair few years dreaming that League Two was just where we wanted to be, to be and honest. That's and, now that's obviously changed. and now you're yeah. Sat, yeah? dreaming of the Championship. So these things can yeah. happen. So if you get to the Championship, you might get to the Premier League. Look at Barnsley. They're, they're, they thought they were getting relegated to start the season. They're this close to the Premier League. It can happen. So you just you can't dr- pull the drawbridge up. Yeah. It's not football at all. But don't fucking compare it to other sports like cricket. I've seen people compare it to cricket. Don't fucking come at me with cricket because it's it's not even comparable with the IPL. It's not even because you've still got the county game and everything else that we hold dear, like the Ashes. So don't don't fucking come at me with the IPL cricket bollocks. Anyone that is trying to defend you can it. say you can say people can say what they like, but I I saw again we referred to Twitter quite a lot, but there's some fucking shite on there. But there's also some absolute gold. But I stumbled across the political editor for the Sunday Times who basically said, I grew up in Lincoln and live in London and support Liverpool. And then he went on to list a load of other teams across loads of different sports um, and saying that he was looking forward to the Super League. And then someone questioned him, pulled him up on it, asked him whether or not he'd ever thought of supporting Lincoln, Scunny or Grimsby. Um, And he put, I used to watch Lincoln a bit. Life is too short to support lower division teams for most people. And I just thought to myself, you fucking arsehole. And someone responded saying, I can guarantee that going to watch Lincoln maybe get promoted, maybe get promoted is a million times better than watching Liverpool from your armchair. And it's so true. Like we, we've been brought up going to the games with our, with our dads, whatever, just it's part of your regime. It's part of your routine. It's how you brought up. It's what you fall in love with. And like last week, we spoke about the things we really miss about football. Mate, if they take... I mean, like, Stubbs is already out of love with... Well, rapidly falling out of love with the game that, like you say, we fell in love with when we were young kids. Take... Gary Neville was right. Like, this was on the brink. This is, like, disowning your club type stuff. 
And then you see these, you see plenty of people saying, oh, you support your team throughout, no matter what. There is no way that you can support what they were trying to do. And I know that the fans aren't at fault for this, but they obviously they automatically get a bit of a, an association. This is literally down to six very, very greedy rich men that have made these decisions based on, they're not asked about ripping the heart history. You might as well set fire to your history books. I'm so pleased that this has fallen flat on its face because if it hadn't, it is one of the most seismic, egregious acts in our lifetime, let alone, you know, this is this would have been football changing as we know it for good. And, you know, what, what would have happened? Like those six move on. And, you know, the thing is that because they're in the pyramid, at the minute, they're in the pyramid and it does, like parts of it do, you know, um, money does drop down through the pyramid. You've also got them in the domestic competitions, which drives the the the, the lesser teams in, in the football league to get that big payday away at Manchester United in the third round of the FA Cup. And, and you're just going to take those sort of opportunities away. You're not only taking it away from, you know, all the football league sides, it goes non-league, goes below... We've got one of the most treasured pyramids in football. But they're jealous of it now. In, in, in global sport, and they are jealous of it. But you, but you can't be jealous of it and then just rip it rip it away because you are jealous. Like you can if you're the Real Madrid president and you're jealous uh, of it. And, you've got mate, and, and for him to come out and say it was because um, that no one there's barely anyone between 16 and 24 who watches football anymore. Fuck off! What planet? Are you? Yeah, you're full Call of shit. Back on oh. your rock, you I literally shit, see yeah. kids in the away end uh, at Leeds. I literally see kids, and they're with their dad, and it's everything's right with the world. I literally see it, and I don't know if you saw this, but one of the quotes I think I, I tweeted you that one of the quotes was he wants to shorten the games because of that generation. Fuck off! Yeah, for what? For a forty-five minute fucking halftime break. They'll have half-time shows on like they do at the fucking NFL. It, honestly, That's the like, thing. Uh, they, they were trying to edge it towards an American model. We, I'm not saying anything nobody doesn't understand. I mean, the one thing I, I just want to want to say as well is, and I'm sorry to any fans of, of the, the big six that are listening, when he is in ninth, for fuck's sake, um, do you need sanctions. I'm, so, I'm really sorry, and, 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 and it's not your fault as a fan base, but it wasn't my fault when my club got a minus 15 either and a, and a 200k fine because uh, we, we sent them to look at a bit of training. Because of binoculars? Come on. <laughs> you, boys, you need sanctioning. You need There needs to be something, a real but, message. But Stocks, point, Stocks I, don't, I, don't think any, I don't think any fan would would actually begrudge that. I've, I've seen enough out there, mate. I've seen enough on Twitter. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen really? what happens think, is well, the tribalism starts. So what happens is, if, if so, say Man City adopts twenty points for argument's sake because of this, and it's such an such an awful act, and and the Premier League feel like it's the right thing to do to, to ward them off doing it in, in future, and really just slap the wrists. Within the hour, Man City fans will be saying that's the wrong because they'll, they'll just play the play the where was me card, and well, where were you fuckers when we were getting a minus fifteen? You didn't give a fuck. And I, I even I even saw somebody earlier. I even saw somebody earlier use Leeds as an example of somebody being really greedy. Yeah, it cost us 16 years and nearly cost us our club because some greedy bastard at the top decided to, to, to blow money on players like Danny Mills and pay them too much and gamble on Europe. Nearly cost, cost me my football. I had to traipse around fucking lower leagues for 16 years. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I didn't feel... And, like, I was going to say, and, 
was, was going to say, and you wouldn't change any of it for the no, world, really. In, in, in the, journey, the journey where you're at now, it would have, it's worth every single cold, wet fucking Tuesday night at Oldham. But that's but that's know? because I'm a football fan, Dan, and I love the sport. And exactly. I loved, exactly. I loved every minute of it. I mean, there were some really that low moments. But what I'm saying is, is you don't don't hold us up as as a, as a beacon of yeah, we'll we'll yeah, but look look at Leeds, they've got legs, someone. Yeah, but we didn't do that. We didn't decide to do that, and. And we went for the, we we went for the same thing you're trying to go for. And as soon as it as soon as it broke down, we were banging trouble. And we we, we should we should be used as an example of what not to do, not to not to defend, not used to defend decisions. I mean, Jurgen Klopp as well. I mean, and Liverpool fans are going to hate me for this, but I think he got his interview so bad. I don't know if you boys saw it. He got it so badly wrong in my yeah. Opinion. He- to, to come out and actually go absolutely off on one at Neville, I was just like, you've got this so wrong, mate. You have not, you've not read, you've not kind of read into how he's, he angled. He wasn't angling for a fucking tear up with Liverpool fans no. over, you know, over their involvement in it. He, in fact, he was probably more damning on United, but he, he had every opportunity to come out last night and be, just be the first one. I was kind of waiting to see who the first player would be, but you know, all of these, they they, sh- they all had the opportunity. And, and yeah, I think Ollie got thrown under the bus. Yeah, that was a bit early to be fair. It was, like, it, it, was like, it was like, obviously it came out during the game and obviously it had nothing to do. But Klopp last night could have quite easily come out and quite easily said, um, we absolutely not, um, I have no no involvement in it and we do not want to be in it. And and he, he'd gained so much respect from saying that, but instead he went into trying to have a fucking ding-dong with, with Gary Neville. But also, also, and again, I'm saying this maybe because I'm a Leeds fan, but I was watching it and thinking, also, he got really upset about them T-shirts, which were sanctioned by the Premier League. We asked the Premier League if yeah. you those T-shirts and we left them in their changing rooms. We weren't having a go at you, Jürgen. We were, we were offering an olive branch, mate, and you just yeah, couldn't because, burn it. You went, go, go fuck yourself. Yeah, because ultimately, ultimately those people know that... <laughs> You know the the whole idea behind this shirts. Everyone knows that the players and the the, the management staff have nothing to do with the decisions that those above them make. Of course, they do. It's not about that. And and he, and he started like you said, really well well put, having a go at Neville. But he also had a go at Leeds United, and and I didn't get that. I didn't understand yeah. that. I didn't. My, my mind was like, what are you doing? And then I understand that you're not you're not involved in the conversations. No one's blaming you. No one's blaming your players. And then then to have a go at his own fans for taking the banners down. Oh well, well that's not fair on the players. Yeah, I know. But this is seismic, lads. This is this is threatening the, the the fabric of our game. That's what it's threatening. And we need guys like you, Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, Shankly, Don Revy, Brian Clough. This wouldn't have happened. They would have put their club on their shoulders and they would have carried them through this. And I just felt. I just felt you let the fans down a bit, if I'm honest. You two have uh, much stronger opinions on it than me, because as we all know, I literally fucking hate football. So <laughs> I feel, I feel, I do feel a little bit silly that I've let myself get so wound up about this. I, 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 do, mate, I completely yeah, get I'm, why I, you've got. I'm the same. It really, it really got to me. I must admit, I was still set up at two a.m. when the announcement came out because it just, it was really weird. It was like morning, morning of death. I just, I just sort of thought. It's fucked. It's gone because I, I just felt that with with the parties involved, they wouldn't. Luckily, they have wilted and they've they've let they've. they've I mean, the, the Man City statement's been released tonight, and the the website's fucking crashed. That's how much intent there is, and just and I'm just I'm, I'm so happy it's failed. And but but I, 
without getting too sanctimonious, it is time to look at the game now. It is, it is enough's enough now. It, uh, Sky can fuck off. They can get off their high horse. And to a certain extent, so can Gary Neville. I, I mean, I've got a lot of time for Gary Neville, especially, I mean, I've hated him all my life, but he's come out of this very well. But if you watch some documentaries on Salford, he's just as bad in League Two, throwing his weight around, throwing his money around. And there's... there's yeah, I, I I did see put like a little bit of a an asterisk disclaimer in, didn't he, when he was doing his uh, when he was saying his bit on uh, on Sunday about you know I've invested in a football club and actually yeah we we know you have Gary but and and in fairness to him I understand like like I said earlier I, I'm not bothered about there being money in football we know but my issue is the fact that it's there is money in football and there are clubs with better uh, who are better off than others. And there are clubs that unfortunately have been really badly mismanaged. But, you know, in the last 18 months to two years, we've lost Berry and Macclesfield to non-existence. And you're, you're literally about to go and jump out. Like, yeah, they've, they've got, like, you, you reeled off that list of debt earlier. You know, they've all got big fucking stadiums. Arsenal have been owned by billionaires for years and they've done fuck all. They've literally all they've done is struggle to qualify for top, like qualify in the top four. The odd FA Cup, well done. Spurs, what the fuck? They've literally Nothing just got a big spark in the new stadium. Nothing since two thousand eight. One fucking league cup, and then won league for sixty years. How the Leeds fuck have won the league three elite? times since they won it? Three times just, since they won it. It's. Uh... Can I just clarify, just before we go on, just clarify that. Please don't hear that as me slagging Gary Neville off because he's been amazing through this. Please don't let that yeah. make it sound like I'm slagging him off. Genuinely, I just, I just, you just take it with a little pinch of salt just because of his, his business dealings. We just, I think he's a we wonderful just, guy and I think he's done a brilliant job putting a real focus on this. And I think he's been, he's been leading by, to be fair. Massively mate, by. There's, a, there's a chance he could be United chairman by the end of the week. Well, there's been nobody left. I might offer you the job. Who's our second sponsor, DT? What are they called? Claverings. So I've made a, a jingle up, boys, for, for Claverings. Um, do you want to hear it? Shall I give it a go for the, for the listener? Well, why not? Uh, to be honest with you, if, he, if you've got a nice little beat to it, I might even join in. All right, well, let's give it a go. I've been working on this all day. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> it's be good. Simon Cowell. Mr. Jingle's on it. Right, let's go. Claverings for everybody <laughs> who can't be asked to move their shit. We've got vans. And we can help move your pots and pans. We will get you from A to B. Whether it be your sofa, fridge, TV. Clavering. <laughs> Available for quotations on 07904 546036 or info at claverings.co.uk. They are masters of Tetris. So the, the show moves swiftly on to show and tell. And this week's show and tell is brought to you by one half of Right Said Fred. That's Dan Taylor. Yeah, I just wanted to bring to people's attention. I, I know there's not, there might not be that many cricket uh, lovers on our amongst our listeners, but we um, our season started last week. Um, it starts 
it was only for one of the sides, but uh, from this weekend, we, we're all back in action. But since the return of COVID, I just feel, uh, sorry, return of cricket, we obviously, we're starting this season in the same vein as we did last year with the COVID restrictions and things. Although they've got a little bit more strict this time around and it just, they're a bit laughable. So, for example, you, <laughs> you're only allowed to go to a cricket match if you're playing. You're only allowed to go to a cricket match if you're the guardian of a player that is under the age of 18. You can't go to a cricket match and walk around the boundary on your daily exercise unless you are on common ground. You can go to the cricket if the pub is open and you can sit on the patio and have a drink brought to you. Um, But you can't turn up beforehand because you'll be liable to uh, or you run the risk of your club being fined and docked points. I just find it absolutely fucking staggering, to be honest. And uh, I've, yeah, been out in, I've been out in the pub trade today and been to two cricket clubs, and they tell me they've been advised that the the people that are in the in the garden, well, not the garden, but the, outside the clubhouse, cannot turn around to watch the cricket if it's on. They're not allowed yep. to turn around from the bar. They are allowed to look so, at the ball, hit them in the head, but not turn around. So cricket is played in a massive field where you can walk around the outside and spread out as far and wide as you possibly want, which I think is pretty much what we've been told to do for the past year, is stay away from people. But cricket's ingenious rules are, if everybody can gather on a 20-square-feet piece of patio, please and get as close to each other as humanly possible whilst getting slaughtered. Brilliant. It's like everything. ill thought out, isn't it? I know, they've really not thought about any of it, but it's um, it's just funny because, like, everyone's been buzzing to get back and, you know, all these people can go, you know, we're allowed to go to the pub now, we can go and sit in the beer garden and have a pint with our friends again and, have a pile That's on. All well and good, but you you get another pile on. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think that is part of the rule, new rules, actually. It's no, in there, all my stubs. It's right at the bottom. Me, you have to look for it, but it's there. The word, the wording from our uh, from our skipper the um, the night before the game on last week was, um, "I'll try and make this as clear as I can." The current ECB guidelines mean that we cannot go and watch the twos play tomorrow. I can't put it any simpler than that. No families, no kids, just yourself if you're playing, unless you're under 18. <clears throat> the only thing we can do is go up at four o'clock when the bar opens. We can go and sit on the tables and order a drink and watch from there. And only from the patio if you have a drink. You can't buy a drink and go for a walk around the ground or sit on the other side of the ground. You, can, you, you can't go for a lap of the ground or put chairs out on the outfield only on the patio to buy a drink and sip away. We can't take the piss with this either or bend the rules. The league can fine and take points off us um, and the Sports Association can easily shut the bar again. I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds mad, but it is what it is. I'll be up from four having a beer on the patio and watching the cricket. And when I stop drinking, I have to leave straight away. <laughs> well done, COVID. Yeah. you made a moron out of all of us. It is time once again for Guest Who, and here's your host, Dan Taylor. Yeah, welcome to this week's episode of Guess Who. Um, similar 
format to last week, uh, or last time, sorry. Um, I would like a, uh, a buzzer sound from you both, please. Yeah, so uh, Stocks, what is your buzzer for, uh, for this week? Yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, my buzzer is this. Oh, I don't like vegans. They smell funny. That's my buzzer this week. <laughs> okay. Carl, what's yours this week? I'm just going to stick with my same theme as uh, last last time and go for another chat up line. Um, and that is, I'm not a dentist, but I can give you a right filling. <laughs> oh, you charmer. He's wooed me, DT. Which would you prefer, oh, that yeah, or yeah. nice teeth? Can Froth- I lick them? Frothing. Uh, we'll find out when we get into it, Stubbsy. Look how sharp it is and snappy, to be fair. All right, who's going first? Um, I went first last who time. Who went first last time? Yeah. Coin toss. It's we coin toss again. Coin toss? Yeah, go for right. it. Yeah. Uh, you call it in the air, Stubbsy. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Heads. So have a look, see. No, tails, mate. Sorry. Tails oh, never fails. Oh, so it's me first. Sounds, right. like sounds like you're playing a xylophone, not flipping a coin. Has this sports <clears throat> ever played baseball? No, Ooh, they have good. not. Okay, it's good to know. Good start. Has this sportsman? Ever played with his balls? With his balls? I would imagine he has, yes. Oh, it's a he stop. It's a he. That was, that was lead. Well done, mate. That was very leading. Congratulations. That was, that was, that was. I'm not a dentist, but can I fill you in? That ain't even my brother. <laughs> 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 Brady. <laughs> no, it is not Tom Brady. Does does he, because we know it's a he, does he prefer digital or analog time as his preference? Um great question. He's probably he's probably a digital man. Oh, very interesting. So he's a certain age, does he? Certain age. Hmm. So I'm going to go for a scenario, um, Dan. Next, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine, mate. Yeah. Um, so this guy's uh, walking through the Waterside Shopping Centre in Lincoln, um, okay. and he comes up to the uh, to the elevator. Would he go up it forwards or backwards? Uh, he would go up it forwards. Interesting. Interesting. I, I too have a scenario. Um, so my scenario is it's um, the sportsman's at an office party. It's nice and relaxed. It's sort of maybe it's Good Friday. Maybe you know I mean? it's a bit relaxed. And they're not, the work's done. So they've ordered some pizzas. So someone's just the accountant maybe has got on the blower to Domino's or other pizza supplier. Maybe your local pizza supplier. And they've ordered some pizzas. The two girls from accounts, they've, they've, they've ordered cheese pizzas, just a margarita, just plain. The lads in the office and some others have ordered some like meat feast, some, like, some real, some good stuff, some tandoori chicken. That sort of. 
when he goes through to the said accounts office and sees the two girls eating the margarita, does he A, have a go at them for ordering such a shit pizza with no imagination? Or does he go, oh, give the slice, girls? Uh, I think he's, yeah, he would, he would ask for a slice of margarita. Oh, hello. Hello. That's basically a boring punt, then. Yes, Adam. Is it Stephen Hendry? It is not Stephen Hendry. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Put yourself that up. Famous, that famous. I'm not a dentist, but can I fill you in? Yes, Carl, you can fill me is in. Is it Henry Stevens? It's not Henry Stevens. <laughs> Does said celebrity wear gloves? In bed. <laughs> yeah. Fish in bed. Almost certainly. Right, that helps. So, um, if this sportsman um, was going to, I don't know, he's got a fancy dress party this weekend and the theme was flags, what would he go as, Dan? Uh, Well, Well, it's probably going to give it away, I think, but... uh, Probably the Estonia flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the, the my expansive knowledge of an Estonian male sportsman. Oh shit! Wait, uh, is, um, fuck, what's my noise? Is zero. If, if, um, I don't like it. Is it smell funny? It's me, 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 me. me. <laughs> Why have you gone from camp to I Cockney? I'm excited. <laughs> I know. The, I think I know the answer. Me, How do you know I, it's Estonian? Just let me. Let, come on. Go on. Right. It's Mark Poon. No, wait. No, 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 no. Mark, Mark Poon. Poon with an M. Mark Poon. It is Mark Poon. <laughs> One all. How did you know that? Because I've got a mate that looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> did you know he was Estonian? Yeah, because we take the piss out of him all the time for looking like Mark Poon. <laughs> he looks just like him, so we hammer him all the time. Looking amazing. That's going to be on Twitter. I'm going to tweet his picture out. He doesn't even listen to this, so I'm definitely tweeting his picture out. He's not even on Twitter. He's got a Nokia 3310. He won't have a fucking clue what's going on, but he's getting amazing. Oh, fucking Mark Poom, you Derby legend. Wow. There we are. That's what all. Very left field. I, that's what all. I could have been there for some time trying to guess that. Because believe it or not, Mark Poom is not somebody that's still on my agenda. <laughs> Was he ever? No, well, yeah, maybe in like the 2000s when Derby were okay, I suppose. There we have it. 1 1. Interesting. I'm hoping there's a podcast listener. Uh, that's got like a spreadsheet going. If anyone could just let us know on Twitter uh, at G-O-A-T Angent that you've made a spreadsheet, that'd be great because we really could do with keeping a... Also, your, your sort of favourite Rank Me Off winners as well. In fact, you could keep a, a notch on that and just, just keep us abreast of the situation. i tell you one thing we have forgot, lads. What's that? Bloody goats won 2-0 on the weekend. Up the fucking goat. All goats are we. All goats are we. All goats are we.
sent the IKEA pack in, didn't we? They fucking folded, mate, like cheap furniture. Told you, get us at home would be dangerous. We were we, home, not we? I don't want to po- poke the hornet's nest, but we're sat in fourth. We're sat in the Champions League spots. Boys. Oh, yes. Although we'll saying be in that, the I'm elite sure. League soon. We're coming for you, Malmo and Jir Garden. <laughs> where's, where's your mum, love? Ginger Garden. <laughs> They're top. Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, Jim Harvey's looking lovely. Oh, thanks, Pauline. <laughs> Fucking what goes on in your head? Malmo, get off the... <laughs> okay. Excuse me, have you got any vegan meatballs? My son Malmo doesn't eat anything meat-based. He's plant-based. That's why we shop in Ikea. <laughs> You're very anti-vegan tonight, <laughs> Right. Do you, throw, do, you want, do you want them on the prick list? Oh, please, yeah. Can you? Can you officially announce it, please? Um... Just explain why you'd want them on the prick list. I just want to see if they pass. Uh, I just feel you only really know they're a vegan because they tell you they're a vegan within the first 30 seconds. Yeah, they're fair one. They can go on. Yeah, Who are they? Vegans, you're all prick. You're on the list. So if you're a vegan called Carl with a K who uh, is a pilot in the RAF and sort of shares right, a good. passing resemblance with Virat Kohli, don't come meet us for a beer. You're not welcome. Because <laughs> you'd spend all of it love. asking whether the beer was vegan, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, listener? Yeah. Oh, is it oh. gluten-free? Is it gluten-free, is it? Manage- I would quite like... I, I, no, in all seriousness, if you met that person that we've just described, how much of a prick would they be? Like, well, genuinely... So we're in the blog. What would you we have meet, in common with them? Well, we meet them, Stubbsy. Just paint me a picture. What drinks in their hand? Because I think I know what's there. But what in your opinion? Water. Because they're water. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I wasn't going to say water. I mean, that's, that's, and it's 10 to 3 as well. It's 10 to 3. He's, he's done all night, to be fair. Fucking pussy. And it's uh, only, only filtered water, just to make sure. I was going to say WKD. Just like a WKD drinker. No, I think that you can straw pedo them, which makes them... Yeah, but that would, be, that would imply they're fun, because that's fun. That's a fun thing to do. That's like life of the party. Exactly, so they can't be a VK, WKD. No, because they're not straw pedo. They've bought it as a serious drink. So your mate's going to the bar and order 10 pints of lager and a, and a WKD blue. Oh, we're leaving here. They haven't got any WKD. Well, they've got VK. I don't like VK. I only like WKD. Fucking ponce. <laughs> It probably can't. <laughs> you have been listening to Gone Off on a Tangent episode nine. Uh, many thanks, as always, to our two sponsors that's Active Arena and Claverings, and uh, to Hell's Ditch, who are our title music sponsors. And we close the show at every time with their track. Go check them out. Uh, they've got a new track out now. It's been out for a while now, but it's decent to go listen to it. Um, I've been Adam Stocks. He's been Dan Taylor. 
Ciao. He's been a little fella called Carl. Nine. Thanks for listening. Ta-ta for now. <laughs>